Hey there, I'm Sarah Rosina, and I'm your host, along with my co-host, Sean Blackshear of What's Your Take Media Podcast. Hey, do you love movies? I know I do. I'm actually like a movie nerd. I'm always bringing up movie lines with my friends, connecting other actors with other actors, and I consider myself kind of like a movie critic. So much so, I decided to create a podcast dedicated to the movies and television shows you and I love. My co-host, Sean, and I will be critiquing new and classic movies and television shows from all over the world. Subscribe today to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Go ahead. Make my day. Around the world, they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. I praise the Lord and keep the faith. Sipping my macchiato, gotta get my cream up. I do this for Christ, boy. This ain't for the culture. Believe the scripture. Thank you for tuning in to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures. I am your host, Martinez. Please subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember also, you can send your emails to podcasting at mmsmedia.org. What's going on, family? What's going down? I know it's been a while. Uh, thank everyone for tuning in. Thank every. Uh, all the new listeners uh, All my listeners who've been listening uh, To this podcast since day one I appreciate y'all your, I appreciate all your prayers Your uh, continuous support uh, For this podcast And also our podcast network Here at MMS Media So listen, I mean obviously it's a lot going on in the world And as I always say, you know, anytime we come together Especially if it's been like a a period of time in between each episode I always tell you that you know there's things that's always happening <laughs> so even when I'm finished with this episode something else is going to come up because that is just the world that we live in but today I really wanted to discuss to discuss it and, and this is really on my heart to discuss which is simply just overcoming the power of addiction um, and that's addiction to anything you know it's not um Anything that has to be um, as deep as like, oh, I have a, a sex addiction or I have uh, um, a heroin addiction or whatever. It doesn't have to be that extreme or it could be that extreme. But we're just talking about addiction in general because it doesn't matter what someone is addicted to it. It's a root to to it all. It's the same root. You know what I'm saying? And um, God doesn't want us addicted to anything but him. And that's just the bottom line I may sound very cliche But it's the truth Because when you look up the definition of addiction It says the fact or condition of being addicted To a particular substance, thing, or activity Now in this case, God is not a um, substance He's not a thing And he is not an activity um, But some of the synonyms for it is dependency Dependence, craving, habit And our dependency and our craving and our reliance should be always on the Lord. You know, we shouldn't have anything. We shouldn't put anything before him. And the scripture is very clear on that, that, you know, anything that you really put before the Lord becomes an idol. An idol doesn't have to be a statue that you bow down to worship to. An idol is simply anything that you put before the Lord, you know, and we all have to work on those things because sometimes we have idols in our lives and we don't even necessarily realize that it's an idol. You know what I'm saying? But I always want to speak from the position, even when I'm teaching the word of God, 
because it's true. You never want to, I never want to speak from a position of what if, or it may not, I would say a position of it may not, you know, God said this, but you know, it may not happen. No, 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 no. Cause there's no hope in that. And the Bible says that our hope is in him. Let's read that. Look at Psalms 33 verses 20 through 22. It says we put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield in him. Our hearts rejoice for we trust in his holy name. That's the name of Jesus. We trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. So our hope is in the Lord and the Lord cannot fail. We have pretty much established that the word establishes that God cannot fail. It doesn't matter what you see going on around you. God cannot fail. Okay. So addiction, again, it's anything that is taking you over, you know, anything. And and you know what your thing is, you know, you know, something that you, you know, you probably need to stop doing that you may feel like, man, listen, I got the wheels started up on this thing and it is it, rolling. And I don't know how to stop it, you know, and uh, I just want to let you know that it's possible. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want you thinking that whatever it is that your addiction is that um, because of your addiction that God is far from you because that's actually by believing that it can keep a person um, in that state but you have to understand that as bad as you feel for doing the thing that you're doing, there is still mercy and grace for you. The devil wants to rob you of that thought because he wants you to think that because of what you're doing, you are not worthy of God's love. You are not worthy of God's forgiveness. You're not even worthy to pray. You're not even worthy, worthy to talk to God. That's where the deception comes in at. That and that right there is what keeps people in a just whirlwind of addiction to where they can't break out of it. You know, look at first John chapter three, verse 20. It says, even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. Then verse 21 says, dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. And we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. So you see, the thing that keeps us from coming to God with something is our heart, is the guilt, is the condemnation. Because first John chapter three, verse 20 says, even when we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. Another translation says, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts. And he knows everything. So our heart can condemn us based off of activities, maybe activities of sin, activities of things that, you know, maybe we didn't let go of something, a person, a place, a thing that God want, wants us to let go that we know that we should let go. When we don't do what it is that God wants us to do. And I'm saying from a fact that we know, not that we're just out here living life and doing things and we have no conviction about what we're doing. I'm talking about the things that we're doing and there's conviction that comes with the activity. When we don't act on that conviction, 
then our hearts become condemned. Not because God is condemning our hearts, but that's how our spirit operates. Our spirit is connected. We're in fellowship with God. You know, once you're born again, your spirit is connected. You're in fellowship with God. So if you're doing anything that goes against God's word or anything that, you know, sinful, your heart, your spirit becomes it's guilt. It's natural. You feel guilty. So it's like, okay, I'm doing this thing. I know I'm not supposed to do it. So Satan will use the guilt to keep you from coming to God to deliver you. That's why the scripture says, even when we feel guilty, God is greater than our feeling. And he knows everything. God knows your struggle. He knows our struggle. He knows the addiction or whatever the situation may be. So the scripture saying is that if you know this, you should come to him. But the reason we can't come to him is because our heart is condemned. You may ask, well, how do we get our heart uncondemned? <laughs> One of the ways we get our heart uncondemned is by repentance. Repentance is simply turning away and going in a different direction, asking the Lord to forgive you and to help you. You have to start there. You have to open up your mouth. You can't think it. You know, I know some of us believe in silent prayer. When, when it comes to addiction and it comes to things that you're struggling with, you ain't got no time to sit there and try to think yourself into feeling good because that ain't going to work. You got to open up your mouth. Open up your mouth and talk. <laughs> open up your mouth and, and, and talk to the Lord. Have conversation with him. Pour out your heart to him. That's how you build relationship. Now, listen, by no means are we saying it's easy because obviously it's not. We all dealing with different things that we have to uh, lay at the feet of Jesus daily. Some of us is our attitude. You know what I'm saying? Somebody say the wrong thing and you go off instantly. I mean, there is no second thought. <laughs> you know, you just you just ready. Just, you know, wind me up, coach. Let me at him. You know, so let's look at uh, the book of Romans. Chapter six, verse 12, it says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God for you were dead. But now you have new life. Now, you know, this is not talking about physical death, but it's talking about spiritual death, spiritual death. You were dead spiritually, but now you have new life. You know, new life comes when you make Jesus Lord of, the Lord of your life. New life comes through Jesus. So we're talking spiritually now. You are born again. You're made anew. So it says, so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Let's jump over to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, verse 18. It says, And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. Okay, your sinful nature, our sinful nature is our flesh. It's not referring to your spirit. Okay. So it says, all I know, it says, and I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. 
I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do in any way. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing it. I am really, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? That is dominated by sin and death. Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. What is that saying? That's saying that our flesh, our body is sinful. Even after we've gotten saved, what got saved on the day that you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life was your spirit, not your body. So what needs to happen is, is that according to Romans chapter 12, we have to renew our minds with the word of God. We have to reprogram our thinking as it pertains to things in this life. We have to think how God thinks about things that's going on. Okay. At the same time, because the body is in this earth and it is used to sinning, that is going to be a constant battle as long as we're in this earth. I said battle. Okay. So that's why Apostle Paul was saying, I die daily. You know, he's talking about laying down his life, sacrifice and so forth. Not physical death, but it's a sacrifice. Your spirit is in constant battle with your flesh. Okay. By no means is this an excuse. He's not saying this as an excuse to sin. The revelation in this is saying that when he wants to do good, he see that it's he just can't just so freely do what he know he should do. He always end up doing the things that he don't want to do. And it's because he's allowing or he has allowed his flesh to lead him. All of us at some point of our lives and in many situ you know, situations, we allow our flesh to lead us. That's why it's so important for us to renew our minds and pray and be still and not be in such a rush and a hurry to get things done. Because emotionally, which is tied to your flesh, we will make our own decisions and own choices. Okay. We had a flood here maybe uh, a month ago, going on a month. And uh, the place where I lived, the complex where I lived and was flooded out. You know, those complexes were condemned. Okay. Um, I live on a top floor. So none of my personal belongings, none of me and my family's personal belongings were damaged. And we were able to, you know, secure our vehicles. But 
Water came rushing into the building and condemned the building. All right. So I had to get my family out and we had to walk through the water, which is probably about three or four feet to get to the cars, get on dry land and, you know, and go to a family member's house. So after that happened, that happened on a Tuesday. So I would say probably, I mean, really the next day I instantly, you know, you go into survival mode. This is just flesh. It's instant. It's like, okay, I need to find us a place to, to live. Now we had a secure place to live because we with the family member and everything is worked out and we're able to be there, you know, until things, you know, get better. So while knowing that even though those things have happened and we're in a comfortable environment, my flesh is saying, no, you need to move and you need to get somewhere quick. You need to go ahead and, um, just all these different things. So I'm rushing, I'm being anxious and I'm looking for something, looking for a place to move, looking for this, looking for that. And the whole time I'm not even really inquiring of the Lord. And when I say I'm not inquiring, like I'm going out to do what I want to do. And then as I'm doing that, I'm inquiring of him. I didn't inquire before I went out. And it just sounded like it was just long days. And I was going and I'm checking places and calling and da, 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 da. And then God spoke to me and told me, he said, why are you in such a rush? You're being extremely anxious. And once you become extremely, extremely anxious, you're going to end up settling for something that I never intended for you to have. As a, as an obedient child, I said, all right, well, forget it then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I want to give this care over on you and, I, you know, I forgive me for, uh, it really was fear, really. I was allowing fear to control my actions and, and allow me just to be anxious. And we know the scripture says, be anxious for nothing, for nothing. God is going to always take care of his children. You know how the old people would tell you to count your blessings. That's what we have to do. You have to count your blessings. Like none of our personal belongings were damaged. Sure. The building was condemned. My family was safe. Got everybody out. We're in a uh, comfortable environment. And, you know, until things open up, but I'm still like kind of like in panic mode in a sense, you know what I'm saying? But you don't even realize it. So I just said all that to say is it's, it's flesh. It doesn't have to be at, at the uh, extreme of like addiction or whatever have you just your flesh like you, you just doing stuff. You know, and God's intent is that we are not controlled by our flesh. You understand what I'm saying? And so when he talks about he's a slave to sin, we're not a slave to sin. You're not. Our bodies are subject to sin because we're still on this earth. The moment that Jesus comes back, if we're still, if we don't leave here by way of the grave, once Jesus comes back or we pass on, that's when we'll get these new bodies the scripture talks about, these glorified bodies. No sin in the body. So that's why fasting is important, you know, pushing the plate back and, and, and seeking God and, and, and drowning out and having to flesh out uh, a lot of things that we may be dealing with. That's the importance of it, of that. You see what I'm saying? And I hope this Romans 7, and if you have time, I want you to read the whole chapter. Of Romans chapter 7. Let's think about it. Apostle Paul was, and he want to wrote this book, the book of Romans. Think about his background. Highly intelligent man. 
But he was persecuting Christians to get them killed. Then he ended up having a uh, road to Damascus experience and seeing Jesus on the road to Damascus and got delivered and got born again. Don't you, don't you, don't you, don't you think that maybe he wrestled? Like, yeah, I'm now an apostle for Jesus, but at one point in time, not long ago, I was up here persecuting those who followed him. Now I'm the, now I'm an apostle. You know, maybe he had old habits and old things that he just had. We have to check. We have to check constantly. Okay. I know people who had addictions to certain things. And one of the ways to keep themselves from being tempted is that they just don't go around those environments. But that takes extreme discipline. If you don't want it, you want to do what you got to do to stay away from it. Okay. You know, thank God for the um, different programs they have out here and things like that. And, and a lot of those places just kind of deal with the surface of things. But we're talking about getting to the root. God wants to deal with the root. Because if you can get to the root, then it'll stop the tree from growing. You see what I'm saying? So it's the it's the root of every matter that we have to deal with. If it's a relationship issue, a drug issue, whatever the issue is, ask God to reveal the root cause of this so that you can deal with the root. Now, the world doesn't believe this because the world doesn't <laughs> they don't believe the word. So. You know, tell people in the world this, they're not going to look at you crazy. Look at first John chapter two, verse 16. It says for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the father, but from the world. It says everything in this world, in this world system, everything in this world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. That's it. Those three things sums up everything in this world. Everything. You may be thinking, well, not every, well, everything in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And it says it doesn't come from the father. It doesn't come from the Lord. It comes from this world. It's all dealing with our sinful nature. Everything from social media to everything that we see. It deals with the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes. It doesn't mean that we can't or shouldn't utilize these platforms, but a large majority of people who utilize these platforms, that is what they display. It's the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Everybody wants to flex on somebody. Everybody wants you to think that they're better doing better than you or doing better than somebody that's the pride of life lust of the eyes everything is content and they really want to grasp your attention with visuals whether it be at sex whether it be money whether it be whatever it wants to grab your attention lust of the flesh is the flesh you know show a little skin you know you gotta show a little skin every now and then you're trying to sell something you know what I'm saying? Sex sales. You know, that's what they say. Sex sales. So sell a little bit. Forget about your integrity. Forget about character. We need to make this money. We need to get to this bag. So 
I'm going to do some things that are immoral just so I can get the bag. That's how people think. I hope nobody chopped that clip up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people chop up clips and try to make it seem like you said something you didn't say. But that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what it is. You know, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. That's the thing. I've been, you know, I always say this, that God will allow whatever you allow. If that's what you want to do. And you know, I can do this. God ain't you can do it. But is it beneficial? Or are you being mastered by this thing? What is it benefiting you? What is it benefiting the other person? We have to look at all those things. First Peter chapter five, verse 10, it says in the grace of it says in the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. After you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. Psalms 50. Verse 15 And call on me in the day of trouble I will deliver you And you will honor me That's why God has a Has a um, What you want to call it Open office policy I'll say <laughs> You know what I'm saying Meaning that hey You're no longer under the law You are now under grace And come to me And I will not cast you out Talk to me Spend time with me That's what that means. But Satan is deceiving people. You know, he's having you to look at, not look at, you know, the, the positive things that are going on in the church. No, he's going to have you looking at people who may have allegedly, you know, set up a fake robbery. Or he'll have you looking at videos of people, um, Man of their congregation because they didn't buy them a watch Like he'll have you looking at all the stereotypical stuff That goes on in churches And ultimately is driving people away From Jesus We say the church but it's drawing you away from Jesus Because Jesus is the head of the church We are his children We are the body of Christ We are supposed to be his hands And his voice in the earth But it's a lot going on You know what I'm saying And um I just want you to be encouraged If you're listening to me You're dealing with anything Be encouraged Take these scriptures that we went over, went over today And ask God just to give you more revelation More understanding um, I do want to read one more scripture before we're done 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 and 14 It says no temptation has overtaken you Except what is common to mankind And God is faithful He will not let you be tempted beyond what you call Beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way of escape so that you can endure it. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man, meaning that everything that we go through, every temptation that we face is common. Everybody deals with it doesn't mean everyone falls into the temptation. But the same temptations come to us all. So he says, why it's common to man. And then he goes on to say, but God is faithful. 
what he's done for one man, he'll do for another man. God is no respecter of persons. We have made him that way. And it's been passed down through generations to generation to generation by people giving their opinions of what they think God is, but not reading God's word or twisting up God's word to make it fit agendas. That still happens today. And that's what's been happening. Instead of just reading the word of God for what it is. Can't argue with the word. Okay, the word is the word. It hasn't changed. Oh, well, it has it has uh, all these different translations. No, it doesn't. A manuscript of scripture when they wrote, you can't change a manuscript. You understand what I'm saying? Well, what about the lost books? Why they get rid of the book of Enoch? Well, why don't you deal with the 66 books that you don't know? Why are you worrying about the lost book? You're not doing the one. You're not doing the 66 that's in here. I wouldn't even be concerned about a lost book. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Satan likes to get us just on these different tantrums or different things. Focus on what you can focus on. Let's not get derailed by things. Okay? But the things that you know that you're dealing with, I just want you to be encouraged with that. Understand that it is your sinful nature. If you are saved, you are still saved. Just because you may have an addiction to something, Satan will try to rob you and make you think that you are not born again because of what you're doing. And that's not true. You are just allowing your flesh. You just have allowed your flesh to take over. And you need to call out to the Lord and ask him to break that. That's why he says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I'll answer you and I'll deliver you. Let your hope be in that. Remember, we read the scripture. Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is not in man. Our hope is not in a program or organization. Our hope is not in a and anything else but the Lord Surely God can use men And different organizations to assist us But ultimately our hope has to be in the Lord So when I went through that flood Me and my family went through the flood My hope was in the Lord I couldn't have my hope in FEMA Or American Red Cross Or um, you know any other organization Now surely You know they came through and did what they did But my hope is in the Lord You understand what I'm saying And that's what it has to be in Because God cannot change He remains the same Yesterday, today and forever I want you to be encouraged And I want you to continue to stand firm in the faith of what, Regardless of what you can see Regardless of how dark it's getting in this world Because it's getting pretty dark <laughs> But the Bible says that we are the light of the world because Jesus lives in us. So be that light. All right. Be that light. Be encouraged and continue to walk by faith. If this message has been a blessing to you, please share this with your family and your friends. Remember, you can follow me on social media at mbills314. You can also send your emails to podcasting at mmsmedia.org. Remember these words from the book of Romans, chapter three, verse four. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Until next time, I'm out.